This is KJZZ's Sun Up. It's your daily news update from here in Phoenix on our state and region. Good day to you. I'm Phil Latzman, and this podcast, we like to call it our audio postcard to you of the daily events here in Arizona. We've made it to Friday. It is the 24th of February, and let's get to it. Well, the State Bar of Arizona has confirmed it has received two complaints against former Attorney General Mark Burnovich related to reports that he concealed records debunking election fraud claims. Ben Giles has details. A spokesman for the State Bar said the agency received two complaints against Burnovich on Wednesday. Those followed reports Burnovich concealed official records that dismissed wide-ranging claims of vote tampering and fraud. That's according to records released Wednesday by new Democratic Attorney General Chris Mays. The complaints come amid calls by some officials, including Democratic Secretary of State Adrian Fontes, for Brnovich to be disbarred. He made material misrepresentations uh, to apparently advance some political something or other, and uh, that, that, that has to be, he has to be held accountable for that. The state bar would not detail the exact nature of the complaints or say who filed them. Ben Giles... KJZZ News, Phoenix. Well, since becoming the highest paid law enforcement agency in the state, the Phoenix Police Department has seen a significant increase in applications. But as Christine Estes reports from the Downtown Bureau, one area remains especially challenging. With 30 percent of the current force eligible to retire today, Assistant Chief Brian Chapman says hiring all new recruits isn't the answer. Phoenix wants to attract current officers from other departments. I mean, if we can supplement hiring of, say, 40 to 50 lateral officers a year, uh, that's four to five squads for us that are instant benefactors to to the organization. He says Arizona standards differ from other states. For example, some do not require applicants to undergo a polygraph like Arizona. And Phoenix will not consider an officer who is currently under investigation. The department has about 500 openings. Christina Stis, KJZZ News, Phoenix. Today does mark the one-year anniversary since the Russian invasion of Ukraine, which triggered the largest conflict in Europe since World War II. And it's had worldwide impacts all the way here to Arizona. You know, we were a quiet, kind of sleepy Ukrainian community here in Phoenix for a long time. That's Victor Chavez, who is president of St. Mary's Ukrainian Orthodox Church in Phoenix. He says the unfortunate circumstances have helped the once disparate community to come together. This war has brought out a lot of Ukrainians that we didn't know about, that we've never met. Um, We've started getting refugees into Arizona. In the past year, Chavez's church has raised money for humanitarian aid and organized the collection of critical medical supplies that were sent back to Ukraine. It's a matter of, you know, reminding them that over 200,000 children have been kidnapped and taken to Russia to be crucified. that innocent people are being bombed every day, that atrocities are happening every day, that war crimes are being committed, crimes against humanity are being committed. On Saturday, members of Arizona's Ukrainian and Iranian community will rally together in Old Town Scottsdale. Then on Sunday, a march is planned from Phoenix's Ukrainian Cultural Center downtown to Culture Park. Donations can be made through the church. Governor Katie Hobbs has fired the director of the Department of Child Safety less than two months after appointing him to leave the state's child welfare agency. Here once more is Ben Giles with details on that. In a statement Thursday morning, Hobbs announced she'd withdrawn the nomination of Matthew Stewart, a former child safety specialist and training director with the agency who would have been the first black director of DCS. 
Hobbs gave no reason for the change. But Republican Senator Jake Hoffman issued a statement late Wednesday claiming credit for unearthing a past reprimand on Stewart's DCS personnel file. Hoffman also claimed multiple gay employees, fired during Stewart's short tenure, had filed complaints against Stewart. Hoffman chairs the committee tasked with vetting Hobbs' nominees for agency directors. Stewart had not yet received a confirmation hearing. Ben Giles, KJZZ News, Phoenix. Meanwhile, Phoenix is marking a trash milestone. The city crews collected more than 100 tons of waste from downtown bins, the Super Bowl experience at the convention center, and the festival entrance at Hans Park. John Chan shared numbers with the city council committee. Overall diversion rate for the city of Phoenix collections made during Super Bowl was 92.61%, making this a zero-waste event. Zero waste generally means at least 90% of trash is diverted from landfills by recycling and composting. For the 2015 Super Bowl, Phoenix reported a 73% diversion rate. The Colorado College State of the Rockies poll takes the temperature of Westerners on issues such as water, public lands, and conservation. Ron Duggan reports this year's survey shows a large number of Arizonans support preserving the state's land and water. The poll showed that drought and water conservation are high on the list of things that concern Arizona residents. It also showed the majority support conserving 30% of the nation's land and water by 2030, a target known as 30 by 30. That's part of the Biden administration's climate change policy, and it polled well throughout the West. Matthew Nelson is executive director of the Arizona Trail Association. He says the numbers do not surprise him. People move here, live here, establish families and businesses here because of access to public lands, open spaces, trails, parks, monuments, forests, canyons. I mean, really, that defines the state. 62 percent of Arizonans also supported a permanent ban on uranium mining near the Grand Canyon. Ron Dungan, KJZZ News, Phoenix. The CDC has released a report for the first national youth risk behavior survey that's been conducted since the pandemic. As Kirsten Dorman reports, 40 percent of high schoolers say they felt so sad or hopeless in 2021 that they could not engage in regular activities. Kathleen Ethier is the CDC's Director of Adolescent and School Health. She says the reported levels of poor mental health are higher than ever, and schools are on the front lines. These data are clear. Our young people are in crisis. And schools are on the front lines of this crisis, and they must be equipped with the tools to support young people. Ethier says part of that means involving teens in their communities. Judy Sebatis is the principal at Banner Academy, a private school that specializes in students with emotional and learning disabilities, as well as mental health struggles. She says the support they receive at school and home can vary, but is crucial. It's imperative. It's, it's like it can make or break the, the child. Sebatis says this also looks like actions over words. It's more what you do rather than, than to sit and have the conversation. It's, you know, social interaction. It's getting them in person. For example, supporting teens in finding interests they enjoy is one way to help teens cope. Kirsten Dorman, KJZZ News, Phoenix. As climate change poses threats to life, some archaeologists are looking to the past to see how ancestors coped. ASU professor Brenda Baker co-authored a report in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. She told KJZZ's The Show that evidence from thousands of years ago shows that bigger communities faced more disruption than smaller ones. When you have these more rigid, less flexible setups, essentially, 
you're going to have far fewer ways to respond. She added those smaller societies experienced less violent conflict when faced with climate change. Mexico Senate has passed a major reform to the body charged with overseeing the country's elections. From the Fronterist desk in Hermosillo, Kendall Blust reports. The reform is expected to go into effect as soon as it's signed by President Andrés Manuel López Obrador. He's been the principal force behind overhauling the National Electoral Institute. The reform will reduce the institute's budget, close local offices, and diminish its ability to sanction politicians and parties that violate election laws. Many have expressed concern that the changes will weaken democracy in Mexico. Protests have already been scheduled and legal challenges are expected. But López Obrador has dismissed criticism and said Thursday that controversy is a normal part of democracy. Kendall Blust, KJZ News, Hermosillo. In sports, basketball sons are back from the NBA All-Star break tonight. They'll host the Oklahoma City Thunder. Kevin Durant has been practicing with the team, but not ready to return from a knee injury just yet. Suns said to be targeting his debut next Wednesday in Charlotte. Phoenix comes out of the All-Star break four games over 500, currently in fifth place in the Western Conference. Hockey, the Coyotes, they're off till Sunday when they'll host the Nashville Predators in Tempe. Football Cardinals new head coach Jonathan Gannon has hired Drew Petzig as the team's new offensive coordinator. The 35-year-old Petzig comes from the Cleveland Browns where he was the quarterback's coach. Cards hired 29-year-old Nick Rallis as defensive coordinator. He previously served with Gannon as a linebacker's coach with the Eagles. Former Cardinals defensive boss Vance Joseph is reportedly on his way to Denver to take the same position with the Broncos. And that does it for this edition of KJZZ's Sun Up, Arizona's morning news podcast on this Friday, February the 24th. Have a wonderful weekend. I'm Phil Latzman. We'll do this again on Monday.